it's almost not up to us as black people anymore. Like we can only do so much change on our own, but if, you know, white people or, you know, non-black people control the game, then how can it actually get better unless the people with the privilege actually implement the changes and want to see change? What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm 50-50, right? I'm the, um, you know, the grinder in me, the, the black excellence in me feels, and I truly believe this to like my core, that, you know, there will be one day where, you know, the entire black community has educated themselves, has taken pride in ourselves. We're no longer hurting ourselves financially or physically. We're doing things as a community. I want to kind of move on to kind of one of the things that you guys touched on, right? So we talked about opportunities uh, within communities, but Ruff, you brought up um, black fatherhood, right? There's the the power of the black dad. And um, so Kelvin was telling me a little bit, you know, we, we chopped it up a little bit. I was on a long road trip. So I got the chance to talk to Kel quite a bit. And honestly, I'm very glad I was able to. Um, so, you know, one of my friends, he did uh, basically a documentary on um, the, the drug war, right? Like how they were just locking up people and basically targeting black dads. Uh, Kelvin, I think you, you told me a little bit about the importance of black fatherhood. And I did want to bring that up of how critical it is to understand basically dismantling the black father and how that trickle trickles down into the black community. Um, and I wanted to talk to you guys about this to kind of give our, you know, people that would be listening, Hey, what that is really like and what that breakdown is. Yeah. I mean, super quick very quick history lesson and I'll jump into it. So a man by the name of Willie Lynch, again, Willie Lynch, you can Google it. Um, you know, he came to the uh, United States, teach plantation owners how to be better slave masters. He did so by basically letting them know that you first have to break the black male. If you break the black male, uh, the black female slave, you know, will have no protection. Um, that this does her children will have no protection, um, you know, against you. Uh, you do so by Blake. How he specifically said you break the black male is by tying ropes to both of their legs and hit, you know, riding the horses in opposite direction until the strongest black male is split in half. Um, and you make sure that the children watch and you make sure that the mother watches. Now, why do I go through that little quick history lesson? Was because it, it showed that um, they knew back then in the 1700s, 1800s, how important the black male figure was to a black family and to a revolt and to, uh, to fight this system that we are trying to set up to build our wealth. So what's next? You go from, you know, splitting us in half to uh, mass incarceration. Once we are you know, freed, you are locking up black men 
for hanging out. Well, they don't have jobs, so they're just out in the streets. They get locked up for uh, for that. They get locked. Uh, they get penalized on a he say she say basis in the courtroom. Um, if a white person says that you did something, you did it no matter what you said you did. You looked at a Caucasian woman and you were blind, you still got hung. Mm. Um, that, that's just how it was. Like I go down that little history lane to speed up to present day where um, like you see it now in our communities where um, you know black men are it, it's very difficult to be a black father in today's you know time like you have so many things going up against you and I'm not just saying this uh, like on a podcast um, but like black men as of now are somewhat of like a sex symbol to white America or to just people in general right now so you as a black father you got a lot of things going you got other women coming at you you have you know difficulty at job at your job or keeping a job maintaining the job maintaining wealth you have so many things coming at you um in on top of police and on top of you know incarceration that you like there's so many things set up for you to fail as a black father which is why you have it is so important for black fathers to to sacrifice yourself for the greater good like if you you know are you might be upset with your wife figure it out this isn't the time to to split up your family or to to go cheat or to um you know trick off your money elsewhere you got extra money why the hell you need some gucci shoes put that money into a custodial account for your children so that it grows and by the time they turn of age they get um you know twenty five thirty thousand dollars so that they can buy their own house and don't have to figure it out on their own um i was about to go down a rabbit hole but you you over you overall get you get what i'm what i'm saying um even even as even something as simple as this there was a system uh system put in place like black men got still to this day get higher life insurance rates than any other race and gender period and so for my life insurance outside of my own company my rates i am a extremely healthy black male still had to fill out on my application that i was a black male and my life insurance premium how much I have to pay per month is I know is freaking excessive. Mm. But even still, I pay. If something happens to me, my children, my wife, they're gonna be good. But they do that so that um, you decide, man, fuck, I ain't about to pay that eighty dollars a month. That's crazy. I ain't dying no time soon. Something happened to you. Now your children screwed. Now your wife mm. screwed. So you have to sacrifice yourself to do all that you can to fight the system because you are that important as a black dad. Damn. I don't have anything to say. Ruff, do you want to add anything? I don't think I could say anything better than that, honestly. It's, I mean, it's crazy. Cause like, again, we, you know, this is something that I've never thought about, right? Like I, you know, in our culture, yeah, the male is very important, right? 
but we haven't gone through the things that black males have gone through, right? We don't, I don't walk down the street, no matter where I am, worried about like, oh, I'll get stopped by a cop. And I'm a foreigner, you know what I'm saying? Like, and these are times for us where it's a little bit difficult, but it's still not like just legit playing basketball or legit just being, making a wrong turn somewhere or whatever it is, then your whole life gets thrown upside down because the system is set up that way. Um, really, really appreciate that, Kel, like sharing that. Thanks again for joining another episode of Time Out with Omar and Samer. We know you probably have your hands full at home these days between your kids wiling out on all your Zoom meetings and taking another long walk to the fridge. So if you're thinking about starting a podcast, the easier the better. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free and there are creation tools that will allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And now it's back to timeout. And so um, one thing that we, we did want to talk about just staying on this topic is kind of the perceptions of being a black dad, right? And so there, you know, you, you hear a lot of stories, you hear a lot of stereotypes about like what a black dad is. You see it in movies. Like um, what are some of the things that you guys have done to kind of counteract those stereotypes or deal with those stereotypes in your day to day. Ruff, I'll, I'll ask that to you first. Um, I honestly, with me, I just, I'm, I'm just myself at all times. Um, I think that, uh, it, it might sound strange. I feel like, I don't know. I'm biased. I have the cutest daughter in the world, right? Mm -hmm. So when we're in public, um, it's happened on a few occasions, you know, we'll, we'll be like at a store, someone will come up and they'll say, oh my gosh, she's so cute. Um, is she yours? And I say, yeah. And I'm not sure if they're saying that because my daughter might be lighter complected or whatever the case may be, maybe she doesn't look like me unless you look really close, you got to look at the eyes, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But um, I think that, uh, I don't know, I just, I just do, do really what I can. And I'm especially conscious of um, how we are in public. And um, I'm more worried, not worried, I'm more concerned with um, showing my daughter things and then trying to uh you know react to whatever is going on mm -hmm. so do you feel like some of those questions sometimes are like oh i'm surprised like that's see, that's the thing that i don't know i i would like to have faith in humanity and say that it's just it's just a question that they may ask other people but it's probably um there's probably something underlying with that, um, possibly because we are different shades. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I don't really, I haven't thought about it until really this moment. And uh, yeah. I'd have to think about it some more. But, you know, it's just a random question to, to ask a father. Yeah. Which, yeah. which probably goes to show that it's probably maybe uncommon for them to see a black man with his kid. I, yeah. I, I, 
that's that's why you know we wanted to bring this up too is that there are negative um, stereotypes and negative perceptions uh, about black fatherhood and it goes back to um, you know like Kelvin was telling us uh, about the the real dismantling of of that father figure you know from many many years ago I mean that concept still exists and and um, in in the media also perpetuated by you know pop culture in the media uh that is that negative stereotype of of black fathers being um absent now we could also argue that technically it's not uh, a stereotype because there has been a criminal justice system put in place that also perpetuates mass incarceration that whose whole purpose was to get rid of black dads um to dismantle those families so so it's it's crazy knowing knowing that, and I love and, and I and I totally get where you're coming from too, Ruff. It's like I want to believe in people. Mm-hmm. I want to believe that people aren't looking at my family like that because of the kind of I think because of the kind of person you are. You're a hardworking, loving father. Like you're there, so you obviously don't see yourself that way. Um, you know, as as somebody who's not around, like uh, and. It's, it's crazy also for me, just because every black dad that I know is not that stereotype at all. Like they're all the most successful people in general that I know, the smartest people in general that I know, the most um, you know, influential to the other people around them and positive influence on other people around them. So it's, I kind of feel you when you're like, okay, it's like, you know, where's this coming from? Because I feel the same way. I'm like, every black dad I know is the fucking best dad in the world. Like, I don't, I don't get it. But then there's that reality uh, that it really does exist, and and those fathers really don't have a chance. We're never given a chance to be around, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I w- I will say, rough though. Like, that's actually a wild thing to to actually bring up because I've never heard that, or I've never seen that. Like, and I don't want to put any thoughts in your head, but like, I've carried my nephew around. And the first thing is your son is so cute, yeah. right? And like you saying that, I'm like, it's not like a, you know, it's not like a pet. What are you talking about? Like, yeah, it's my, it's my child. Or, you know, like, oh, your daughter is so cute. No, it's my, it's my niece. You know, I think that small distinction is very big because, again, that, that concept, never thought of. Like, I get mistaken to being someone's dad rather than, is that yours? Mm-hmm. You know, something so little like that. And I'm glad you brought that up because that's just something else. I mean, Kelvin talks about a few different things, like the whole driving, the whole receipt thing. Like, I'm probably, there's probably other scenarios, but like that concept, that question, would, has I've never heard that. Like, even, you know, and I'm not, and I don't want you to take this any way, but even with my dog and no one has ever asked like, is that yours? You know, like that's not the first thing that someone says. They say, you know, whatever is, you know, your niece, your nephew, uh, is that your son? Is that your daughter? So really, really interesting perspective there. And I'm, I'm actually glad you brought that up. Um, Kel, what about you um, in terms of kind of the things that Ruff's talked about and that perception of fatherhood as a black dad? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think I'm, maybe I'm a little hyper-conscious about me being in public and being a Black dad. Like, one thing that I like to do 
is like I like to make sure I don't leave the house without my wedding bill doing when I'm with my children and my wife. I don't know whether it's just in my head that there's a stereotype that black men, um, you know, don't get married. But like I'll be in the car and we just pulled out and I'm like, fuck, left the ring upstairs. And I'll park the car, run back upstairs, get the ring, even if we just doing a quick grocery run, just because um, I want to make sure whenever I'm in I'm in public and people see, you know, my big ass that that man has a wedding band on with his children and you know, saying his wife. Um, so I mean, it's just something I I feel like I consciously do and just make sure I'm always, you know, aware of. Um, I just hate being without it when I'm with my children, um, and then just. As far as the stereotypes go, I think, you know, Omar, you hit it on the head with the whole mass incarceration thing. But um, but at the same time, I also want people to to take a step, take a step back and try to realize too, just like how big and influential shows like The Cosby Show, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, um, Smart Guy, um, all of these shows, like when you look back on all of these black written shows by you know black producers and etc they made it a very strong point to make sure that you know these black male figures and fathers were portrayed you know in a very positive strong uh way and um you know it just gives me chills thinking about like i said fresh prince of bel-air and you know uncle phil and just how big of a deal he was in the black community um, for children that were without their fathers or even with their fathers. Like, it's just, I remember growing up thinking to myself, like, I'm gonna be like Uncle Phil, you know what I'm saying? Except not fat. And that was my mindset, you know what I mean? So, I don't know. There's just, there's just, when you think about it from that context, but, um, but yeah, I mean, that's just my quick little take on it. I don't want to take forever. No, I, I, no I, think it's, I think it's cool that you're hyper-conscious of it. Not that that's, you know, the right or wrong approach. I mean, it's your, it's your approach. Um, but I, you know, I, I, I think it's cool that, um, you know, you're thinking beyond yourself. Uh, it's it's kind of like what you were talking about um, before you have to be kind of completely selfless as a as a black dad or to be a black dad uh really um and and that's really cool also that joiner lucas video of that song will you just reminded me of that talking about fresh prince of bel-air if you haven't seen it please go check it out it's really good i definitely will i definitely will i gotta check it out i was thinking about that i was thinking about that j cole line that's what i was going to say <laughs> which one Rest first peace, things Phil. first, rest in peace, yeah. Uncle Phil. <laughs> You're the maybe, only maybe we'll do like a new. Well, maybe we'll, we'll do like a little snippet. Be, yo, and sure. then, uh, just say we don't own the rights to that song. <laughs> 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 nah, man, this is this has been a great conversation, um, and I know I've learned a lot just talking to you guys. And um, I think this is these are the types of conversations that enlighten people, right? Allow us to actually take those steps forward with you guys um, and not being, you know, the saviors, right? Like I, I think the idea of like 
trying to save something or save, you know, black people, I think is a, it's almost like a, okay, the white savior syndrome, essentially, like, we're here to save the day for you. It's like, no, just we're exposing all these stupid ass systems and these things that were put in place to bring us down. Let's break down those walls and then we will continue to excel. Now we'll excel at a much faster rate because these walls have been broken down, um, which I think is very is a very important distinction. Um, and one of the questions that we'll ask here in a second um, kind of touches on that. So kind of diving into the last like three questions, one of the, one of the things uh, that we want to ask is, you know, what would be your advice? Uh, and we'll start with Kelvin here. What would be your advice to other dads um, kind of explaining all the situation, the whole situation, the, the problems today? Uh, what would be your advice to them kind of explaining to the rest of the people around them? Is this to other black dads or is this to just other dads or people in general? Sorry. We'll say other black dads first. All right, well, you know, to other black dads, I would strongly emphasize um, learning your history. You know, you don't even really know who you are, what's going on until you know your history. And, and history's, history is, is vague. Like, you don't have to try to learn everything, but just learning the basics about what really took place and what happened and why you are where you are today, I think will help, you know, turn on a certain trigger within you, you know, internally, if you're that type of man that's going to, you know, force you to, to move a certain way and to carry yourself a certain way and to understand that um, in the grand scheme of things, uh, your little life doesn't mean anything. And it's a way bigger picture um, that impacts more lives than just you and how you move and how you act. And Raf, what about you? Um, my advice is, well, of course, history. And I'm not going to expand on that because Kelvin hit it right on the head. But the other thing that I think about a lot is, um, is really building wealth and trying to set your kids up for the future. Just like he was talking about an account that you can start now, whether it's... Um, you know, whatever type of account, like I have a 529 account for my daughter. So if she decides that she wants to go to college when she's 17, 18, she'll have the funds available. But I think a lot about generational wealth. And I think that um, the next generation of uh, black kids could be in a better position if we set them up to be in that position. Um, and I think that a lot of the reason why um, you know, me and a lot of my other friends that I grew up with um, might have not had what others had is just because our parents didn't really know f they weren't financially literate, you know, um, and that's because their parents were not financially literate. So um, I think it's important to break that cycle. And um, yeah, so that's that's what I'm all about, just trying to grind and and build something to, to pass down. And I think that's important for all the dads too. Absolutely. I love that, both, I mean, both of those answers. I love that. Great answers. Um, and then, so what are some, moving on to the next question, what are some solutions that you guys can provide or what do you think will help kind of move us forward 
um, you know, in the next few years? Is it the change in legislation? Is it uh, defunding police? Is it whatever, whatever your opinions are? What do you think are some solutions to help us continue moving forward and really help us heal through this process? Um, and I guess, Kel, we'll go with you first again. Seems like you're ready. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we go right. for that one. You see, he sat up. Yeah, he, he unmuted himself. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's go, bro. Um, solutions. I, I mean, was this for Daz or was this just solutions for the future and just addressing? Like, was I mean, I don't like I kind of said earlier. I mean, I can only do what I can do. You know, um, I'm only one person. The black community is only one community. I have one family and I, I can really only focus on the things that I can get my hands on. I think that for the future to look better, it's just gonna take, you know, a collective of, of everyone's energy, um, black, white, brown, every ethnicity, um, you know, needs to realize that, I hate saying that we're just one race, the human race, but I, I think that everyone needs to kind of just wake up and try to shake this, this um, difference of opinion and all these differences aside. Um, I think that, uh, I think that the next generation of kids coming up will progressively be better. And I mean, I can only hope that all parents are kind of taking what's going on in the current state of the world and teaching their kids what's going on so that, you know, when they grow up, we're not talking about the same issues. Like I can only imagine, um, how my great grandmother who's still alive feels knowing that, you know, I'm still going through the same, not the exact same battles, but we're still fighting the same fight that she was fighting, you know, 80 years ago. Mm. So, um, you know, I would just hope that the next generation is, uh, is being taught to kind of just, I don't know, be in unison somehow, but I'm optimistic more than anything. Yeah. I think, I think nice. that's such a, such a great point too, Ruff, that, you know, and, and it's almost like, so makes this whole thing so perfect for talking about on dad's night as well is that it all starts at home, right? Like yeah, I, I one family, I mean, it, it really does back to that. Everything stems back to how you were raised, how you, how you came up, the environment that you experienced, um, the things that you experienced at home. So, I mean, it's, it's all really about, you know, it starts at home, right? What about you, Cal? What are some solutions? I know you talked that's about a few earlier. Look yeah, at I mean, and that's why I really rock with bro. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I don't know, dude. Um, but like, we're just on that same wavelength with the same way I'm with my friends um, because that was the exact same answer I was going to give as far as solution, like solution is focusing on what you can control, what you can do. Um, 
you know, there's a strong saying in basketball, you know, control what you can. You control how hard you play. You control, you know, how locked in you are, but you can't control whether or not the, the ball goes in the basket or what the other team is doing. So from that perspective of controlling what you can, um, I know I can, you know, be present, you know, with my family. I know I can, you know, make sure that I always have life insurance on my flesh because I'm going to pass. Like, that's not an if type of question. Like, every single one of us is going to not be here one day. So you need to make sure you're setting your, your family up to be taken care of. You need to, you know, educate your family on um, finances. Like, um, you know, I hate to, to beat the, uh, you know, beat the, beat the bush, but it's just like, Finances play such an important part in um, the type of life that you live and the type of life others live because money is nothing nothing more than just the tool um, to be able to provide a lifestyle for yourself, whether that's um, healthier food that you eat uh, so that you don't have you know high blood pressure or diabetes or cancer, which riddles the black community or whether um, you live in a certain you know, neighborhood and are able to go to a better school district or, you know, live in a safer environment. It all comes back to finances. So just making sure that um, my children are, are educated in a way that um, they're going to be able to, you know, take over the world in a sense financially and then make it. And then one thing that I know I do Ruth literally hates it about me, and she'll tell you every single time we meet people, whether I just met some, whether I meet a, a black dad for like five seconds, I'm like, we're we're in a, we can be in a bar or we can be out and about. I'm like, you got life insurance. <laughs> oh, yo, have you heard of a dystopian? Give me my number real quick. I'm about to shoot you a couple couple links you can go straight to it the information's right there it's real easy to set up this custodial account all you need is the social security number for your child you can start with as little as ten dollars a month that are like that's what i'm on every black dad i come across it's not a oh i like your shoes type of conversation or what did lebron do like i care less bro like i see you got two children over there that need you do you notice if not let me, you know what I mean, get you hit to the game real quick because they will not teach us this. They don't want us to notice. That's powerful, man. Yeah. And I see Ruff shaking his head like, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome, man. Every, every time Ruth is like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm just like. Yeah, just bring my life insurance again. <laughs> must be getting commission or something. <laughs> no, no, no commission. You need to figure out a side hustle for that. Yeah, referral. Get a good life insurance agent and just get a referral bonus every time. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, so, so one more thing I, I wanted to ask you guys. And, and Ruff, I'll go, I'll go to you with this one first. But. Um, how do you think people like us, people who are not black, who obviously are open to having a conversation, like I said, I was down at the protest. I mean, there were the, you know, I wanted to, I honestly want to say just as like visually, it looked like most people were not black. Mm -hmm. Um, so obviously people want to 
be a part of this somehow and help somehow. Um, what kind of advice would you give to somebody who, who wants to help? Um, or even if you know any organizations that they could maybe participate with or anything like that that you think anybody who is, who is not black who wants to help um, can do? Um, I mean, I think the first thing is really just being aware. I mean, in your case, um, I don't know. I don't know how to say this, or like how to tippy toe and talk about like privilege, but be straight um, up. Yeah, say it. Yeah, I think the first thing is for um, certain race to realize the privilege that they have. And once they acknowledge it, then I think um, the change can begin. Um, I think like exactly what you guys are doing, asking questions, um, people who are close to you or people who you're in contact with, if you have a question, just ask. Like, that's why like, I love Samer because my man just called, called me, just was like, you know, other people checked on me, not checked on me, but they kind of um, reached out, but didn't really get to what they wanted to ask, which is, you know, what do you think about all this? How can I do this? How can I do that? Um, but I think in terms of something of this magnitude, which is just equality for human beings, for everyone, I don't think that you should be passive about wanting to know or wanting to, you know, find out the truth, wanting to research. You should you should really be, I think, I don't know, maybe it's just me, maybe I'm a good person, but I feel like if I was on the other end of the spectrum, I think I would be doing the same thing you guys are doing, or I would be at the, um, the protests as well, because it's just an unfair thing. And I, I think that, uh, yeah, just everyone just, just ask questions and, and get to the, the root and once you can figure that out then um i think people will come out out on the other end of this uh better person yeah man yeah for sure I, I mean discourse like just talking about it like that's what we i don't pretend to be too like politically inclined or or anything like that it's like i don't i, I don't know and and it's Kind of like, and, and Kelvin, I want to I wanna hear your take on this too, but I, I going, going way back, I don't even know how long we've been talking, but um, you were talking about how this really kind of changed you to want to be like a more informed voter, for example. So be informed. I mean, it, even, even if you're just going on about living your life, um, you work with Black people, you work with other cultures, you work with, you know, it's, it's like, it's important for us to, um, to know about each other. We're going to live with each other. We got to know about each other. Um, so it, it, it all starts there, like you said, um, and I, I totally agree with that. But Kelvin, what do, you, what do you think, you know, people like us can do to, to, to help and kind of pitch in or just raise more awareness? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, Ruff definitely hit the nail on the head with as far as, uh, you know, people just, you know, accepting their, um, you know, their privilege. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think, you know, 
uh, it always goes back to education for me too. Um, I know I've been in conversations with, I've been like, Samra knows me. I've been having this black power fight since he met me, you know what I'm saying? And I can remember being in a room in Delaware and it's like these white people looking at me like I'm crazy from some of the stuff I'm saying. And it's like, yo, this is facts. Like I'm not just, you know, speaking myths about X, Y, Z, like this shit is facts. So, you know, number one, stop watching Fox News because that's just straight bullshit. Um, number two, you know, I think, I hope this, I hope this perfect storm that we were talking about earlier just kind of awakens everybody or you, if you want to take a bite to this, to just know that like, wow, all that shit, my, you know, my black friends or my, the black people I know have been saying, you know, for all these years is not just like, you know, um, bullshit like they've literally been telling the truth like mm -hmm. so when your friend tells you how yo why the fuck is this cop keep looking at me in the bar and it's not like a, um yo you're you're just you're tripping you're seeing things it's like uh you do what the fuck is he looking at you know what i'm saying like maybe that can start being the attitude a little bit versus you know the latter um so i mean you know just from that perspective i think educating yourselves, you know, being more aware of your surroundings um, and what you do um, and how you do it, um, you know, makes a world of difference as well. Like I, I've been out with people before and, um, you know, they're acting crazy in front of security guards or, you know, doing certain things. And I'm just like, I'm about to get away from y'all because First of all, I'm the only one that looks like me in this group right now. And you guys can sit up here and talk smack to the security guard all you want or or throw drinks at people in this bar, but like I'm not with that way because I'll fuck around and die out here or be the main one to get arrested for not doing nothing. So just being under being understanding of your surroundings from that perspective, like, hey, I'm with somebody who is being, being targeted. I need to chill and move a certain way um, as well. So just things like that. I mean, again, ain't nobody asking folks to sit up here and try to save the world. Um, I love the fact that I am black. Like I'm, I'm lucky to be born black. Um, I wouldn't want to be born any other way, just like I'm sure you guys as well. Um, so we're not asking folks to sit up here and save the day. Like, me and Ruffer, we're about to do what we got to do for family. There's a whole lot of other folks that are going to do the same. Um, we're just asking folks to just be conscious of how y'all move around us and um, having a more open ear to what we're saying. Well said, man. Now, I, I appreciate this conversation. It's, you know, like I said to both of you, as I talked to you before we wanted to do this, right? It's we want to have this conversation. We don't want to rush to have it. We want to make sure we're having the right type of conversation. And I know I, I got a good chance to, again, see you guys in a different way um, and learn a lot from, um, you know, just from the little things that you guys pointed out to the bigger things that are part of the bigger problem. I, you know, thanks for real. So um, we're, Jay, we're all at like two hours. <laughs> 
sorry to keep you guys up. Uh, it's only 7.30 here in the West Coast, so I got plenty of time. Um, but any any last words, any last thoughts, uh, Ruff and Co? No, man, just uh, thanks for having me on again. And, um, you know, I think it's a great thing that you're using this platform that you have and that you're building uh, to shed some light on what's going on. Um, you could have stayed silent about it, but I think it's a, it's a great thing that you guys um, are doing this mini series to, uh, to bring some awareness and to, to maybe challenge people's perspectives and, you know, do what it do. Absolutely. Kel? I mean, nothing to end with. Um, I appreciate both of you guys. Omar, like, you've been cool since day one. You're just a terrific human being. Um, and same with you, Samer. You know what I'm saying? You know I love you like a brother. Um, you are my brother. And uh, we just appreciate you guys so much. And um, can't thank you enough for allowing me to be on the show as well for round two. You know what I mean? I try to take a few notes and hit, hit my historical points. <laughs> but uh, I appreciate y'all. So hopefully I don't sound crazy when I, when I listen back to this. Nah, you won't. It's good. Um, nah, thanks again. Omar, any, any last words for yourself? Uh, man, really just uh, thank you both for really like putting your heart out there for us today. That was really amazing to see. I learned a lot. Um, you know, there's, there, you think you know, but you don't really know. You know, and I, I think that's true for everything, which again, like Ruff said, is so important why we should have these conversations. Um, you can always learn more. So thank you guys again. All right, cool. So uh, we're going to wrap it up. And uh, remember, it's not a guy's night. It's a dad's night.